0: This is How We See It, a look at issues that impact our faith and community. For the next few minutes, we'll explore topics with people who are making a difference in our world. This is How We See It. I'm Deacon Mike Sweeney. Our guest today is Joe Lapano from Tampa International Airport. Joe is the CEO of Tampa International. As someone who has flown out of TPA countless times, I can tell you that TPA is hands down one of my favorite airports, You came in 2011, was it? Yes, 2011, that's right. Can you tell us what types of improvements you and the board have made in those 12 years of service at TPA?
1: I think the thing that I'm most proud of is the fact that we've been able to expand international service so much. And I know when I first came and I interviewed, they said, can you get international service to Tampa? And I said, well, of course, we have 3 million people here. And they said, no, there's not 3 million people in Tampa. I said, yeah, but it's not just Tampa's airport. We serve the entire west coast of Florida. And indeed, many of our passengers every day come from Sarasota or come from Lakeland. So we are really the regional airport for the west coast of Florida. And that's what helped us to convince airlines that they should fly internationally into Tampa. So we've been very successful. We've got service now to Switzerland, Cuba, Frankfurt, Germany, two times a day to London, both Heathrow and Gatwick. And we're starting a major expansion into the Caribbean, hitting into Punta Cana and other areas down there, as well as Puerto Rico, serving now two cities in Puerto Rico. How does it work with someplace like Cuba? Because our relationship with Cuba can
0: be a little bit rocky at times. Do you have to jump some hurdles
1: Well, yeah, we have to be very careful, and we have to be very mindful of the political situation. The thing about this market, though, is that we have a tremendous number of Cuban-Americans here who came here before the revolution in Cuba. They were the cigar makers in Ybor, and so we have a lot of family ties between Tampa and Cuba. So we have one flight a day, mainly serves for visiting friends and relatives because it's very difficult to get a permit to go to Cuba unless you have a family there. And it's been different. Under the Obama administration, it was quite a bit easier to go to Cuba. And then under President Trump, it became more difficult. And so we just follow the politics. You just work with it. You have to work with it. It's it's important for our community to have this flight. How does
0: it work with, we have a lot of neighboring airports, but of course TPA is the best. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a little prejudiced when it comes to that. So am I. (laughs) As you should be.
1: (laughs) How does it work? Do you work with other airports? Not really. We run the four airports that are in Hillsborough County. So Tampa International is the largest, but we have three smaller airports as well. But we don't coordinate with Sarasota Airport or we don't coordinate with St. Pete Clearwater. We act independently. Now, Having said all that, we have to be aware of what's going on regionally. So we watch St. Pete Clearwater's traffic. We know what they do, what their significant benefit is, is because they're so close to the beaches. Tampa's significant benefit is it's close to the beaches, but it's also very close to business. And we have a really strong business environment here in Tampa, and that's why many, many airlines prefer to serve Tampa.
0: Tampa's quite a bit bigger than the other airports, correct? Correct. Yes, it is. Tell us about your experience in airport management, because this is not your first gig.
1: No. I really started out in airline management, so I was with Pan Am way back when, and then with Continental Airlines in Houston, and then I moved on to Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport as a EVP for marketing and terminal management, and then they recruited me over here to be the CEO. And I've run pretty much all the facets that you would encounter in an airport, from finance to market research to marketing to politics, government affairs, and so on. So I have a broad background, and I've also, I'm kind of old, so I've done a lot of things. So I've been working for over 40 years and um, learned a lot, sometimes the hard way, but it's still a learned.
0: Forty years, so much has changed just in the last, well, specifically 22 years Yeah. with 9-11. So what are some of the changes that you've seen over the
1: decades? I think the most significant change took place at 9-11 obviously, with the security protocols, and cyber is the other thing that's really changed. So we have a whole lot more to sort of worry about or prepare for now than we had in the past. The other thing that was a real learning experience and changed the industry dramatically, if you ask me, was COVID. We were down more than 90% in passengers. And you don't even model that. As a finance guy, you can't model a 90% reduction in revenue. That changed the way we fundamentally operate the airport and how we clean the airport and so on and so forth. And the airlines have also made adjustments since COVID and flying is different now. You'll notice that there's much less service on board the aircraft. I've seen that changed. One of the things that's pretty exciting right now is a new technology that's coming forward and that's passenger drones. And so these are four or five passenger vehicles that are powered by battery and they fly short distances at about 1,000, 1,500 feet is probably where they would fly. And the FAA right now is in the process of creating regulations and certifying these aircraft. But these would allow us, especially in a place like Tampa, where we have so much water, allow us to reach St. Pete, downtown St. Pete, in seven minutes. Think about people who want to come to a hockey game or people who want to go down there for dinner. These aircraft would make that possible. So it might be 10 minutes, but I'm not exactly sure, but very short period of time. Is that something that we'll see in the next five or
0: 10 years? Yes. Really? Yes. Will TPA be like a hub?
1: Well, that's a great question, and the answer is I don't know. And the reason is that these vertical takeover landing vehicles don't interact very well with jet aircraft. So, And the other thing is they can operate very well off of a garage in downtown Tampa. So they don't necessarily have to operate at an airport. They're very, very flexible as to where they operate. So your imagination it really can tell you where they could go. They could fly right from downtown St. Pete to right near Amelie Arena. That's the future. That's what's going to happen. And, and it's exciting, really.
0: It really is. I wonder how long it'll take businesses to prepare for that. No longer do they need parking lots. They need landing zones.
1: That's a great point. But these are already in service for UPS and FedEx, and they're delivering packages using these devices. But to your point, we just finished going through a 20-year master plan. We're completing it. And we're trying to figure out what will the aviation landscape look like 20 years from now? Who would have imagined 10 years ago that we'd be talking about passenger drones? And so 10, 20, 30 years from now, will Tampa International need a new runway, another runway, or will there be a lot of diffusion of traffic to other places? Those are the things that we have to think about when we're planning.
0: And will you even need a runway? Will it be vertical takeoffs someday? Perhaps, perhaps. We're talking with Joe Lapano from Tampa International Airport. You've received numerous awards over the years, including 2021 Florida DOT Airport Director of the Year, is that your favorite? Is that one of your favorites, or is there something else that you're really proud of and that takes the place on the mantle?
1: There's a lot of things that I can tell you I'm proud of, and, and I've been recognized here in Tampa by a lot of prestigious groups, and so I'm very, very proud and gratified by all of that. I think the thing that strikes me the most is that I came into Tampa. No one knew me from a hole in the head, and this is a guy from Dallas comes walking in here, and he's going to do X, Y, and Z, And the community actually reached out and accepted me and said, why don't you be a part of the chamber? Why don't you be a part of the EDC? Why don't you be a part of these organizations? And I embraced that wholeheartedly, and I became part of the community, and they welcomed me, which that's not common in every city that you go to. I came from Dallas. That was pretty tough to crack. New York is where I grew up, and that's very tough to crack into certain social circles. But here in Tampa, the people accepted me and accepted my message and believed in what we could do. And they've rewarded me very well for that. Having come from New York State, I can attest that it's not the friendliest place in the world. I do agree with you. I used to be a cab driver in New York, and so I understand how it's pretty tough to operate.
0: (laughs) Definitely. I would imagine airports compete with one another to land carriers, right? Yeah. What do you have to do? Does it get into a big competition where you have to sweeten deals and everything to make sure that they come to TPA instead of, say, across the bay?
1: yeah i mean that's that's a good point we do have incentive programs to try to attract airlines and the incentive programs really are based on rebating certain fees to the airlines the fees that we wouldn't have gotten anyway if they hadn't come so when they come and they pay the fees you rebate them and you enjoy the passenger benefits of it it's a good competition but it's really more so based on the elements of the market not really the incentives the market has to be strong enough to support the flight The last thing you want is to have an airline pull out, and that word gets around very quickly. So success begets success, and we fortunately have the kind of market that's not only business, real strong business, but we have a leisure component that's awesome. we got the arts, we got the beaches, and so those two things complement each other. In fact, that's a big surprise when especially some European carriers came in, and they thought they were going to be flying to the beach, and all of a sudden their airplane was full in the front cabin. And they were like, we we're very surprised at how many people fly business class. This is the business capital of the west coast of Florida, really. So they're pleasantly surprised. And everybody's moving here from the north, especially. Yes. They're, just uh, take a look at the traffic. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Talk about, if you can, some of the security operations and emergency services at TPA. Have you experienced any major security
1: issues? We get attacked, cyber attacked, hundreds of times a day, hundreds of times. We have a very, very good department in our IT group that specializes just in cyber. So that is a major security threat. And then, of course, we have TSA and CBP and other federal agencies that we work with, and they have a layered approach to security. So we have our own police department. We have our own jail. So we each have certain protocols. We coordinate with each other. They know what we do. We know what they do. Most of the things that they do, we can't talk about, but the layered approach seems to work. So if you have six or seven layers of redundant security, that seems to work pretty well.
0: Can you tell a little more about cyber attacks? Where are they
1: trying to attack and do you hit them back? Well, no, we don't hit them back. We try to just deflect and prevent. We also educate our own workforce about phishing and opening certain emails. That can be a problem for many companies because once they get into your system, it's very difficult to root them out. So we're more interested in deflecting these attacks. And, you know, the bad guys are obviously trying to take down our baggage system or our FIDS displays that tell you what gate to go to. If you can disrupt that system, you have a national impact because the flight that's going to Los Angeles can't go to Los Angeles anymore because it doesn't have the baggage on board because the bag system was hacked. So we're very vigilant, and there's a lot of impacts if we fail. I'm assigned at St. Stephen
0: as a deacon in Riverview, Mm -hmm. and just a couple of years ago we had exactly what you're talking about is somebody brought in a USB drive, plugged it into their computer, and within I don't know how many days, every machine on our campus was infected with some sort of virus.
1: Yep. These guys are very good. I mean, we hire really, really smart people to defeat really, really smart bad guys. And it's high stakes because, as I said, it's a national asset. If we go down, it affects the entire country. Is it international
0: attacks? It's from all
1: over. Yeah. I'm not sure it's state actors or individuals, but my IT guys are watching it very closely. All right. So tell us
0: three things that the average passenger at TPA would never guess.
1: Okay, well, first of all, I know that hardly anyone would guess, and I wouldn't have guessed it, that just a couple of weeks ago, we had a a 10-foot black bear on the runway. Yeah, looking over the fence at airplanes. Where was it from? Well, we have a large wooded area on the airport inside the fence, and that's a wildlife habitat. Unfortunately, wildlife and airplanes don't mix very well, so we've had to take a lot of steps to mitigate those dangers You know, a bird strike on an airplane can really be very, very dangerous. And a bear strike, obviously, would be really tough. That's one of the things. The other thing is that we have miles and miles of baggage system. When you check your bag, you're like, okay, good. I hope I see it at the end, right? It goes through a maze of security and all kinds of other things, gets in the belly of the plane and goes. And uh, most people really don't understand the complexities of just getting your bag to the airplane. The other thing that most people probably wouldn't think about is that we're the first airport in the world to have automated people mover systems working. So Westinghouse came out way back when, 53 years ago. The guys who came before me were courageous and had great vision. And they said, no, we're going to have a train without a driver that's going to take people to another building where their plane will be. So the idea was you check your baggage in at the main terminal. Then you take an automated people mover to another building where the airplane will be. That has served us very, very well. That's one of the reasons why people love the airport, mainly because it's not a whole lot of walking, not a whole lot of moving walkways. Get on the shuttle, and it drops you just about right at your gate.
0: I had some friends that were just in Germany, and they were complaining because they had to exit the aircraft onto the tarmac, mm-hmm. get into a bus, haul through the terminal, get onto another bus, and it was so it was the opposite of what TPA has, where everything is very efficient and moves quickly.
1: That's the way we want to keep it. TPA
0: is used by companies aside from major carriers, like private companies, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have cargo airlines at the airport, Amazon, UPS, FedEx. And then we have very, very strong corporate flight department. We have two different FBOs, which are fixed-based operators, so Air and Signature. So they handle private jets. And I'll tell you, ever since the pandemic, the private jet business has gone way up. And people just don't want to, they don't want to get on an airplane with people they don't know. So the private jet business in all of our airports has grown tremendously. So yeah, a lot of people using the airport for a lot of different reasons.
0: We're talking with Joe Lapano from Tampa International Airport. How is it as the CEO yourself, are you able to just borrow one of those private jets and go where you want? And <laughs> you're laughing.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I. Uh, I'm just like anybody else. I have to pay for my ticket and uh, I don't get any special perks. The truth is most of these people are our tenants. So if I were to accept something from them, that would compromise my position as the CEO. So nope, we don't do that. We pay our own way. Every now and then I pop on, there's a
0: website, I'm sure you've heard of it and seen it, Flight Radar 24 All the time. It is amazing. Yep. Because it shows you every, well, minus the military aircraft, it shows every other aircraft that helicopters and little, little Cessnas and whatnot. And I'm astounded at the amount of planes in the air at one time. How do you manage all of that and not have any disasters?
1: The FAA is very challenged because the business has grown tremendously since COVID. So the FAA is trying to keep up with the volume of traffic, as you point out. Fortunately for us, they are very, very good at what they do. We don't control any aircraft. We only provide the runway. The captain decides where he wants to land. And if he wants to land on the left runway, he gets it. If he wants to land on the right runway, he gets it. But yeah, it's a very, very safe system. There's a lot of redundancies in the FAA system as well. When you think about how many people are transported by airplane every day, it's safer than getting in your car. Yeah, when was the last
0: time anywhere in the world an airliner went down? Praise God. Yes, praise God. In your work in aviation, have you ever experienced a disaster?
1: No, I've never experienced a crash of a big plane. We have crashes of smaller planes, not all the time, but often. But no 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 major disaster, thank God, and um, I'm trying to keep it that way.
0: What's your biggest fear when it comes to airport operations?
1: There's so many people with guns today, so I fear that. And, of course, cyber is is another one that will keep you awake at night. So, you know, we've had to do a lot of things with our police department to beef up security and make sure that and you're never 100% safe. But you got to be as safe as you can possibly be. And so you think of all the crazy things that can happen, you got to prepare for those things. And so I sleep good at night, though. I have a great team. You do. It's a good thing because TPA is not often in the news. We like it that way. And when we are, they're talking about us winning JD Powers' number one airport. So let's, as you said, praise God. <laughs> yeah,
0: amen. So one of the things that does happen is every now and then you will have some sort of hiccup by an airline. Something happened last year. I got mixed up with, I'm not going to name the airline, but I got stuck up in New York with my wife and we couldn't get back because of an
1: antiquated system in the airline. Well, I was on a plane. I missed my granddaughter's christening because I sat on the plane for four hours and then they canceled the flight, brought it back to the terminal. And by that time, I couldn't make any other flight, So I missed a christening. It's a very complicated business and it's incumbent, I think, on the airlines and the airport to spend money on technology, and that's not really spending, that's really investing. To invest in technology, invest in solutions, because things are moving really quickly. And I think that with AI and all these other things that are happening, they can make your life hopefully easier and can maybe avert some of these problems because they tend to snowball into major issues. And once you affect the entire system, it's miserable for the whole country. And there's billions of dollars that get lost. So we're talking the last
0: week of December, last year, was when this all happened, this issue I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. How did that affect you as an airport? Because we saw pictures of just probably thousands of bags just being stacked up in the terminal.
1: Yeah, it was pretty scary. And what we decided to do was to work with that airline. And we gave them space in our main terminal to store these bags. And what they did was they stored them. They ranked them as to where they were going. And we gave them computer equipment, set them up inside the event space so that they could work on these bags. And they got FedEx and UPS to deliver these bags to the customers over the next couple of days. But we just stepped up and said, use our space. We got plenty of space upstairs and we'll set you up with computers and printers and whatever you need. So, yeah. You made it work. We had to. Storms are prevalent
0: in Florida in the summer. so. Mm Do you as an airport have to deal with this, or is that more of an FAA thing?
1: We have to deal with it because we have lightning detection. We close, you may notice this when you're flying, we close the ramps when we see lightning within five miles. So that means that a baggage handler cannot be out on the ramp to unload your bag from the plane. We can't have a pushback team out there pushing the airplane back because it's too dangerous. So that's the role that we play is to warn the ramp folks that the ramp is closed, you cannot go out. And that's common. I mean, Lightning, that's why we have a hockey team named Lightning. Now, you mentioned earlier that you were stuck yourself on an
0: airplane for four hours. Whose decision was that to keep you on board? Was at the airport, wherever you were, or was that the airline? And that would drive me absolutely
1: insane. It was the airline's decision. I get it. I understand it. I will tell you that if I didn't have an iPad, I would have really had a problem because it's just mind-blowing how boring it can get. And so when you have an iPad or an iPhone and you can, I don't know, surf or do whatever you want to do, it makes the time go by faster. But it was not pleasant.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. One of the things that you can see at TPA now is art. And you have a gigantic, what is it, the world's largest pink flamingo? I think so. Uh- I'm just going to say it is. <laughs> <laughs> you should. My wife, by the way, you have to know, my wife is very disappointed that you didn't pick her name for the What flamingo. was her name? Oh, I think she wanted to go with Philomena or something like that. Okay. She had a whole reason behind it, but she wanted me to let
1: you know that she's disappointed in you. Okay, well, let her know that we had over 60,000 names submitted. Wow. 60,000. And who chose the winner? The naming committee chose the winner, but I wanted to name it Joe, but that didn't go over very well.
0: (laughs) Good try. (laughs) So talk about your staffing. Since you're dealing with airline staff and airport staff, do you ever combine operations? You know, is there a holiday Christmas party where everybody gets invited from all the different airlines and the airport?
1: We do that. We try to work in cooperation with our federal agencies and with our airlines. So every month we have an airport airline luncheon where we talk about issues that we might have. I remember one time we bought, I don't know, 100 pizzas and we delivered them to the TSA break rooms. And the TSA guys that were in the break room were like, are you rewarding us for something? And we're like, yeah, we think you did a great job during this holiday season, so here's here's free lunch. And they were shocked that anybody would recognize them as doing a good job because people think, you know, TSA is our invention. We decided to have TSA. Security doesn't have to be scary. And our guys, I'm just going to tell you, I mean, I fly around the country just like you do. Our guys are just Tampa friendly. They work for TSA, but they're friendly. I've seen guys that work for TSA in LaGuardia and other places. And uh, I'm from New York, so I can say this. They're not very friendly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from New York as
0: well. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what are your plans going forward for Tampa International?
1: On the immediate horizon, immediate being five years, we're going to construct a new international and domestic airside, which will be 16 gates. And that building will be located between airside C which is the Southwest Airside, and Airside E, which is the Delta Airside. It's currently being used by Cargo Planes Park there. It's a greenfield site. We're going to build a beautiful new terminal there, a new airside. It's probably going to be three or four stories high. Customs will be up on top on the top floor, so you won't have to go down into a dank, nasty basement. You'll go upstairs to a bright, airy customs area, and the experience for people arriving in Tampa will just continue to get better. Tell us about your staff. How do you feel about your staff?
0: Sometimes you can be, as a CEO, I'm sure you don't get to know some of the staff below you.
1: We, you know, I do get to know as many people as I can. And when I first got here 13 years ago now, it was springtime, and I guess it was like March, and I'm like, this is so beautiful out. Let's have a barbecue. And so I was talking to my HR person, and I said, yeah, let's have a barbecue. And she said, for who? I said, for everyone, all of our employees. I want everyone to come for lunch at a barbecue. And that's 600 people. Wow. And she started shaking and she was unsure if she could get it done, but she did. And sure enough, that started our spring barbecue. So every year now, at the springtime, all of our guys, everyone from maintenance to janitorial, and the EVPs, my executives, serve lunch. They dish it up so that they're working for the others. That's just the way we are. We're like a family out there, we love it. You'll notice, you'll see me walking through the terminal. If I see a piece of paper on the floor, I pick it up. If my EVP see a piece of paper, they pick it up. And we're all basically custodians to start with. And then after that, we do our regular job. So there's a lot of pride that takes place at the airport. And I think that our team is probably the best I've ever worked with and probably the best in the country. I have an idea
0: for you. Okay. You were mentioning you had a bear on your grounds. I don't know where it is now, but if it's anywhere near still, set up a petting zoo somewhere in one of the terminals. <laughs> yeah. No? Yeah. no? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was worth a shot. It really would have made it a lot more entertaining, the whole, you know, people that go to your airport just to people watch. Well, we got something they could pet. It's called Phoebe, the flamingo. You can touch that? Yes. Can you climb it? Mm, not supposed to. <laughs> Our guest today is Joe Lapano, the CEO of Tampa International Airport.
1: Joe, where can people learn more about Tampa International Airport? Just go to our website, TampaAirport.com, and uh, you can find out a lot about what we're doing, our master plans. There's job openings there in case you want to come work at the airport. So that's really our gateway is that, or you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Okay, Joe, thanks for coming in. Okay, thank you. This is How We See It. Thanks for listening to today's program. This presentation and others like it are made possible by supporters like you. If you'd like a copy of today's program, make comments or suggestions, and to help us keep this important programming on the air, visit myspiritfm.com slash how we see it.